Hello everyone, welcome to the very new episode of Big Data Month. Now we're in the beginning of February and we're filming this episode for the month of January. We're a little bit late, we took uh, some short time of vacation, but we're back also eager to share news and uh, share our great, uh, great mood with you. So today I'm joined by two great members of Big Data Club. I'm joined by Oran and Muad, Hello. who are both uh, active members and also vice president for Muad and the marketing manager for Oran uh, in Big Data Club. Guys, thanks for being here. You can present yourself. Feel free to, to shine as you always do. So, well, I'm also in the cohort of the MS Big Data at ESCP, and I'm also doing uh, finance at Sciences Po. So my background is mostly in finance, but thankfully after the master, we'll maybe shift into tech and GAFAM, if all is great. <laughs> Thank you, Aran. What about you, Moad? Do you also? Yes. So, uh, as you said, my name is uh, Moad. Uh, I'm, I'm Moroccan. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with those uh, two wonderful people in the same cohort studying big data. I come from a business background. I have a master's in uh, international business. And yeah, really pleased to be here and happy to be here. And uh, I know we're going to have a great time with you guys. Thanks for having Thank us, Alex. Oh, it's my pleasure. So today, you know the drill. It's going to be all the same. We're going to start by first sharing the big data news for the month of January. We're going to discuss just arbitrary picked news that that amused us the most. We're going to share what we think of it. We're going to discuss uh, one news each this time. And then we're going to pass for our usual um, section, the job of the month, where we're going to discuss, discuss a job in a data-related field. And we're going to see what's, what are the requirements, what are the salary salaries, and what would you expect when joining a company in this position? So first, let's start with the news. Who who would wish to start? Just, uh, the, f the first news of the month is always easy. You just share what you got. You say what you liked about it or not, why you thought it was interesting. So um, who, wh whoever is free and uh, the most eager to start. Uh, my news is a little is a little sad. That's why I don't want to start with it right, right. Like at you know, first, let's uh, let's let's take the bad news first. You can go ahead, please. Oh, well, well, great. Okay, thanks, Mud. We're, we're starting with bad news this time. I mean, it's not bad news at per as such, but you'll see what I'm what I'm getting at. So this news <laughs> it comes from Foxconn. I bet you all know Foxconn from no. many news articles. Well, Oran, you're gonna you're in for a not so pleasant surprise, I suppose. I don't know, Mud, if you know what Foxconn is. Yeah, no, I had some headlines, but I'm not. I don't not into details. Well, Foxconn is, um, well, I think an infamously known um, factory. It is a factory, honestly, in China, and not only. It's like it's more of a system of factories with their own knowledge and stuff. But they're known for having huge factories in high tech industry. They're the ones who are making all the iPhones. They're the ones who are making Samsung right next door in the same factory. LG also, and many other phones. They're the giant manufacturer behind many of the smartphones you and I have probably and many other people all over the world. So I'm telling you this because they've been known for uh, for bad conditions in the workplace. The the workers were well it, of course I've never been there. I can't I can only um I can only 
back up my information but what I've read from different news outlets you can you're free to google if you're curious but uh, in summary um, the workspace is bad people are cramped up in uh, small spaces where they have to live and pretty much sleep at the job they work very long hours for a very minimal pay and they are the ones who installed you know the safety nets around the and around their buildings around their factories because m- people would commit suicide by jumping yeah, yeah. off the ledges and those uh, yeah. nets are there to prevent the the bad things from happening. So as you can see already, it's a bad um, bad mood that this uh, factory <laughs> sets up because it has such a bad connect- connotation for me. Again, not an expert, but from what I've read. And suddenly I've seen their name again in the news, but in a more positive light. They have, in January, pre- towards the end of January, presented a new algorithm that is actually an unsupervised algorithm that is here to bring uh, precision to their operations. It is here to uh, to scan pretty much the workflow of the factory, let's say the screen installation process, and it helps uh, improve the quality of error detection. So it's here to, to, to tell you right away if something is going wrong so you can stop the production without losing too much um, costs associated with it. And of course, it's great news. Algorithms are getting better. The production is getting more efficient. But still, uh, what surprised me and uh, disappointed me a little bit is that at the same time, we can see those kind of news with great breakthrough algorithms being implemented in the factories. And at the same time, we hear news about how workers have to work overnight to complete the quotas in bad conditions. So that's the double sentiment I have of this of this um, article. At this w- one side, there is great innovation, and at the same time, we're dragging on all those bad um, human uh, resource uh, practices. So, yeah, that's the mixed feeling I got. I don't know what you think, mm. but for me, like just having those two things coexist in the same very factory um, is frightening and scary. And I want to ask myself, uh, all those arg- algorithms, we invent them, that's cool, but what about the people who work there? Yeah. Don't we want to spend some time working on improving their conditions or at least... I don't know, making something better for them. Because undeniably what they do is very important because we all have smartphones, we all have PCs that probably were fabricated right there uh, at this very time we speak. But um, yeah, to what extent can we hope that the, the conditions of people might be improved in the nearest future? Does it depend on us? What can we do to do it? What do you think, guys, in general? I should I dumped all, the, all, those, all this info on you. What, what are your feelings? I think none of that is a surprise to you. It doesn't. It didn't come as a great revelation, but still, what is what is your opinion on that? On, on that oh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry, on. Just go ahead, please. Please, please. Uh, I think that's crazy that they decided to put money on elaborating an algorithm to improve production when they had like workers that have bad conditions and even if you just like help them or improve their conditions they will do better if you're a very cynical person and you only care about productivity having happy workers and safe workers and workers that doesn't want to kill themselves will help the business but they decided to put money on the algorithm so i think it's it's crazy and i don't know how we can improve that because in the end i think in these countries, unfortunately, the cost of labor will always be cheaper than having like good conditions of work. So how can you how can you do that? How can we redistrib- redistribute the price of a product to a more fair uh, share for the workers? 
yeah, from, yeah. I fully agree. Um, I totally agree. And honestly, like from from my perspective, if I'd share my um, my feeling about this, to me, it's like insanely hypocrite from like from Foxconn. You know, um, they could invest a chunk of what they invested in the in the the new system that they implemented in order to uh, to prevent having accidents happening or like try to enhance um, the quality of work of those people. Now, it's 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 super bad because it's like a you know Maslow's pyramid when you need something very basic, and you these workers they don't have like the basic rights of a worker, but now it's like it's even more pressure because they are being monitored by by uh, an AI whatever like a they are they are getting like their work is scrutinized although they don't have um, optimal um, workspace. That's just insane that's insane it's crazy yeah it is that i also tend to agree with what you say on every point because i hope that uh that's true that by improving the conditions of like baseline workers we can improve the overall productivity but then something in the back of my head makes me makes me want to say well they're also businessmen i bet they did their calculations and there's a reason why they decided to invest in the algorithm rather than improving the conditions of the workers is it because the cost of labor and the value of labor is so like neglected, so very much neglected by the people who decide uh, that it doesn't matter whether the today's workers are going to be good. Worst case, we're going to have new ones next month. They're going to they're going to work for the next shift, or um, are they just investing in the algorithm because they want those headlines having their name in all the newspapers saying that they came up with a great algorithm? Well, I don't know. And us as the consumers, do we actually have a say in this? Can we like pretend to say that we're not content with the uh, with um, conditions of workers in another country? Like, of course, as a human, I feel bad for that. But like, what us as a consumers we can do? We can't just stop buying all the tech. Well, we can try, but that's going to be difficult avoiding the major manufacturers. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. If all the data is in Apple Cloud. How can you do it? Like, are you supposed yeah. to buy an ethical computer? phone and transfer the data you can't transfer your data so how can you put pressure mm-hmm. I think it's a good question like so I, I have no idea because they have the pressure we have the pressure. not a lot of say happening. Yeah. And like it's like um independently from this scenario from this company, uh, doing business like we accept some things that happen in the world of business. We close our eyes on it. It's like quite hypocrite from 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 coming from us, but do we have a choice? That's the thing. You can never lobby against uh, like on a on on an individual uh, level. You can never lobby against a company. You can go for other phones like Fairphone or or others that have um, like that are more eco friendly that value uh, lives of people that work for them. But it can never be scalable to the to to the point where it's gonna put pressure on 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 giants like Apple or or Samsung or whatever. So do we have a saying? I don't know. But just it's it just seems indecent. Like it's the, the indecency of it is insane because you don't have basic things. Now you are it's like you're turning the humans that you pay in misery into robots that are that whose performance is tracked on a continuous basis. You know what I mean? It's like um stripping away the human side of those people you know what i mean like they become just tools and now even what makes them human which is the margin of error it is minimized to the maximum because they are being scrutinized and their performance is being tracked so 
But is there anything we can do? Well, I uh, yeah, I can also say that is it is hypocrite from from all the members of this exchange from. The, the companies that can't stop, can help but emphasize the importance of um, right proper sourcing of materials, right proper uh, way of handling their human force to the customers who say that, yes, it is important, uh, but we both end up selling and buying those phones. And I'm not even... Uh, taking into account all the ways that the materials are sourced for it as we know like many commercial yeah. materials for smartphones and not only are like not ethically sourced in many countries like in Africa I know that uh, many um, vital metals are 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 shadily sourced so it could be it could be done way much better but still it is done like that so far and um, maybe that's a that's an indication that there's still a growing big niche for uh, for ethically ethically appropriate appropriate tech who knows well then it is it is it has to put to test us as consumers are we ready to pay two times the t- price of iphone to get the same iphone but knowing that it was made by people who were uh, paid with dignity and kept in good conditions and sourced from great well normal s- material sourcing facilities I don't know. Yeah. I hope we can. But... I think there can be two approaches here. Uh, just about the whole, like, double the price and everything. There's a brand I, I just found out about a couple of days ago. It's called Fairphone. And I checked the price of the... I was expecting... Because they, they, they do, like, um, like, small circuits for their materials. They are sourced locally. And it's uh, fair trade. And I was expecting the prices to be at least 800 euros for a phone. It's around 300, 400. You know, it's it's affordable. And it's even called Fairphone. Like... Marketing, like it's coming, it says it says a lot. Only the name. Uh, there's also the whole trend of buck market, which uh, thank 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 thanks to them again for uh, for coming for um, for talking to us a couple of sure. weeks ago. Yeah. Um, like the whole concept of refurbishing, buying old phones. Um, you know, you take your phone instead of throwing it away and buying a new one, you just inject it back in the market, and it's gonna be get refurbished and sold again uh, at a uh, at a good amount, like good price. So. It's like it slows down the market and like the whole uh, frenzy in the in the tech market and uh, maybe I, I don't the impact is not insane. It's not the it's not gonna change those people's life, but it's still a it's still a good thing to do. I think it's a it can be a good solution to like eliminate the impact of of the um, tech industry. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. also our job as as consumers to vote with our money for the solutions mm-hmm. we find appropriate. Of course, it's not going to change right away, but hopefully yeah. together, so well, little by little, we can make it better. Hmm. Yeah, because if we are like looking out at every student of our master, I think we are all um, very interested in that subject and we are always thinking about that. So I think as we will mostly all work in that kind of companies and our generation is more inclined to think about those kind of subjects. Maybe we will change the things on the inside of the company. If tomorrow all the investors and all the workers are thinking about ethical ways and ethical methods of productions, I think in the end we will, we will uh, win the fight. We will do it more ethically and hopefully it will work. So I think it will work. We can't just buy things by, on the back of people that are dying to produce. So... Yes. Yeah. Let's hope. Well, we can, we can hope for the best so far. Well, that's why I said that my news was a little, a little 
on the on the dark side, but still, <laughs> there's hope. There's hope, guys, and uh, it's all in our hands as well. So please, please, I hope you have um, more joyful news than I do. <laughs> Nonetheless, share it, uh, even if it's not as joyful, please. If you feel comfortable. Kinda. Um, you want me to go or you want to go on? Yeah, go ahead, Mud. Okay. I, I, I do have some notes uh, to, uh, to help me a little bit because there's a bunch of, of names here. But um, today I'm, I'm, I want to talk to you about DALI. I don't know if you've heard about DALI, but it's uh, oh, new, that's a my, new... That's also my news. <laughs> really? Is it? Yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. Oh, that means that okay. means it's a great, great news article that we're gonna both it's, it's well, you're gonna news. both share. Let, let's let's okay. start the discussion. I'm curious because because for me, Dali is just a painter. So please, you got it. <laughs> but uh, feel free to interrupt me, Oran, if you if there's anything to uh, to uh, change or add or anything. Yeah, completely. Uh, so that Dali is uh, is um it's a new AI that has been uncovered last month in January by uh, OpenAI. For the people who don't know what OpenAI is, it's a Non-profit research lab that specializes in, specializes in um in um in um, artificial intelligence. And for the sake of name, been... yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I think you know oh, what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, for the name of for the sake of of name dropping, uh, the the co-founder of of OpenAI is is Elon Musk. Okay, he left the he left the non-profit a couple of years ago, I believe, but he's still a big contributor for them. Um. So uh, I'm going to read their mission. Our mission is to ensure that artificial general intelligence benefits all of humanity. So you get the topo, you understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to come up with the latest technologies in, in artificial intelligence to enhance our lives. So I'm going to do a little bit of, 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 um, of um, flashback here to early 2019 when they introduced GP, GPT-2, uh, which is a new learning-based technique that could perform natural uh, natural language processing operations like uh, summarizing a text, completing a text, or, or, or even, you know, answering questions in text, strictly in text. In June 2020, they introduced GPT-3, which is some kind of enhancement of GPT-2. Uh, GPT uh, and basically, it could generate website layouts only from text, like just input text or information or whatever, like a text query, and they would change it like turn it into a, a layout for a for a website. And you can see the potential here. Mm -hmm. So those guys from OpenAI, they, they sat with themselves. They were like, why don't we take this from just text to images? So they introduced um, image GPT, which basically you give it a cropped image, okay? A cropped image, and then it's gonna analyze it, check in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, um, the database, and then try to estimate what pixels go where and try to com complete the, the pictures. And it's like the result is not like those very random results that we get from, from AI that we have today. It's super, it's insanely accurate. Like it's a HD clean, very accurate, like I said. And in January 2021, which is last month, they introduced DALI, uh, which is kind of the bridge between the text query and the image generation, okay? Um, basically you just give it a query, like a text description, and it would generate an image. Uh, not only one image, actually, 25, 20 images, something like that, like a couple of dozens. And it's not like random images, once again, it's crazy in terms of precision. I'm gonna go into details uh, further um, later. But uh, just a fun fact about the name, you mentioned Salvador Dali, and you're actually part right. Dali, it's a D-A-L-L-E, 
um, is a portmanteau or a um, mm. valise between uh, Salvador Dali, like you said, and Wally, the mm. small, um, the cute little uh, robot the from the yeah. from the Pixar movie. Exactly. Uh, and, and basically, the um, we had machine learning classes, you know, like neural networks, how they work and everything. We used some neural networks with a couple or, or a bunch of parameters. Uh, well, uh, Dali um, uses a 12 billion parameter uh, neural network, which is insanely huge. Okay. Um, I, I have some examples, but I, I would love to uh, to have any more information from Oran and we can discuss and then I will I just have some couple a couple of examples how we can you know take this to the business side of of um of the market mm -hmm. yeah, right. that's that we find like the same one it's insane so, it's, 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 it's shocking news shocking news I, I just loved it like I saw the pictures crazy yeah it's great and I found it on an article from Wired and I found it very interesting because the headline was do you think like an algorithm, like the same algorithm can be useful for autonomous vehicles and for producing art? I was like, oh, okay, that seems very strange. So I read the article and I found it so cool. Um, I have not a lot of things to add. I think that the interesting point that um, we didn't talk about was the implication of the technology. So I heard the talk by Cassie Kazikev. I think she is the AI um, ethic or AI research um, director for Google. And she says she was very uh, frustrated when people say that AI creates art because actually the algorithm has just has just has seen hundreds of millions of texts and images, and then he generated an, an image based on what you learned. But it, it's not a creation based on inspiration or nothing it's actually just the reproduction of little things put yeah. in a convenient way if i may <laughs> jump in if i may jump yeah. in because that's not really debate i'm sorry for jump but it's a key debate i love this debate it's not it doesn't have a lot to do with data etc but isn't art like um an inspiration of other art that we've seen before like it is anything new like the the matter or the the, the way to do it can be new but the material that we use or the inspiration or the ideas that we use we it's just, um, I don't know, we built up ideas from ideas that are around us. It's just another debate that we can have some other day, but I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't agree with this, uh, with this lady that, uh, that, that said that. I, I understand your point. Yeah, we're all actually inspired by a lot of things, but mm. I think that what she meant was that we are inspired by so many things that we can't process them all. And we actually made a synthesis of what we were able to understand and things that we learned and all the things like memories. And then we created art. And yeah. we created art not because we wanted to sell it, things like that, but we created it because it had a sense in itself. And I think AI in that point of view is not creating art because it has a meaning and a human said, okay, you will see those images with those parameters and then you will generate one thing that I will ask you to generate. So it's just putting pieces of a puzzle together. It's not creating the puzzle. I think that's the, the debate, but I agree there is a yeah. argument. It's funny since, that since the very first episode of Big Data Month, we're constantly having a debate on what is art and can AI create art. <laughs> I like that we're keeping this tradition alive and well because it, it's a thing that interests us, yes. Um, yeah, I agree with both of you and with the lady. I don't know exactly what art is. It's difficult to define even for the artists themselves. So as long as I enjoy it, I call it art. 
I don't know. I think it's my simply simplest and positivist point of view on all that. I don't know if you think it's it's correct to enjoy it, even if it's ambiguous whether it's hard or not. But why? I honestly, I understand the two perspective, like the perspective of Oran that says, like, I think I understand what Oran says, like, you need the human touch in it, and I'm not talking like that touch, like um the empathy, the human feelings. That's something that an AI cannot have or it can mimic, but not not in a human way or humane way. That makes sense. But like from the, the person who perceives something, who doesn't matter who made it or what made it or how, if it conveys a message to you, it can be considered art. You know, it's all about perspective. Like as long as people exactly. enjoy it, that's what matters. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Well, at least that's the positivist approach. We don't know yeah. where the truth lies, but hey, we're trying to, to see good things in whatever. Exactly. <laughs> after After your news. Right. <laughs> yeah. Also, also adding a little thing. Yeah, OpenAI is a is a, also a famous project. I know that they were the ones who uh, who kind of developed. Well, at least two years ago, or like one year ago, I think my news might be obsolete for now. But I know that they were the ones who were also invested in developing a more advanced game AI for games, for example, such as Dota 2. As far as I know, they they were the first ones to develop a, a, a very good um, AI player. Because before that, it was very difficult because this game is uh, is way more uh, unpredictable, not like chess. Well, it has way more combinations uh, included in the gameplay, so it was difficult for an AI to be good at it. But apparently they... Uh, they um, accomplished great things in the field, and and at least for a limited amount of characters, they were they were able to outperform the professional human players. So here again, we lost the field yeah. to the AI. So once again, humans uh, yeah. lost. So I I can't congratulate you with that, but uh, <laughs> at least other humans created something good. So that's also an achievement. Go ahead, Maud. You wanted to to share the examples, uh, like some yeah, just, examples. Yeah, just yeah, just. The one that really, it was the first one uh, that I, I saw. If you want to Google it, Google images and type um, avocado chair. That it's, it's, it says it all. It's insane. It's 25 pictures of different shapes, different designs. It's insanely accurate. They look, they look real. That's the thing. I, I think Oran would agree with me, but they look real. And it's something just generated from what, um, what uh, Dali knows of an avocado and what, and what it knows of a chair. And it oh, wow. mixes them and it's not... You saw, you saw it? Are it's you talking about the collage of, of avocado chairs? <laughs> yeah, that exactly. That one. That one. That's the results. It's okay, the, uh, the, the images generated. It's insanely accurate. Can you see it? Uh, Big Data Month is a very innovative podcast. That's why I'm displaying this picture right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. See it. Hope you can see it. Well, at least now. Um, wow, so you're telling me that Dali was uh, was tasked with drawing exactly. both avocado it's, and chair at the same yeah. time and it came up for with that, For that image, I know there's a bunch of parameters and I'm going to talk about it later, like physics, etc. Like it knows how to layer things and it knows materials, but it knows what an avocado is. It knows what a chair is, all kinds of chairs. Like you can have armchairs, you can have normal chair, like a salon, whatever. And then avocado it mixes chair. them into different shapes, shapes different types of ch- it's insane that i think that's that's why we both have the same news yeah. this uh this i want to i want to buy um, it now <laughs> it looks like a legitimate art piece uh, thing that you exactly. can buy like somewhere from a design a perspective yeah. it's great yeah exactly exactly that's that's my my next point like this this ai can be super useful for let's say interior designers or like random people that 
want um, that want inspiration for their houses. I'm gonna give you an example of a query that I saw. Um, they told they told um, Dali um, show me two two white armchairs in a dark room with a, a painting of the Mona Lisa behind, and it generates like twenty or twenty five images of different armchairs in different like different frames for the paintings. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, also for entrepreneurs that are, have an idea of a product that can, might come in handy, it can just tell it something super abstract, like, uh, I don't know, a, a bottle that has a, a brush underneath it, something like that, and it would come up with it in different designs. Also, and this one, might, 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 you might like it, it's about memes. If a meme lord has an, an idea of a situation, they can input it, like do the query on, on DALI and it would return an illustration of it. That would be your own template you, with your own idea and everything. And it would be unique with different designs again. And you can even specify uh, the time. Is it day or night? You can spe specify the materials. It recognizes physics. Like it, would, like it would mimic the physics of a cushion if it's a cushion or if it's, it would even mimic like the, um, the shades. It's... It's crazy. It knows. Um, it knows. Wait, I, I have a list here. It knows. Uh, it understands styles, motives, shapes, patterns, designs, and movements, and um, art movements even. Like that's that's the artistic part of it. Like if you tell it, um, give me a car in a vintage or a art nouveau, uh, art nouveau way. It would it would do it. It knows how to do. You see, um, like motives and patterns and stuff on on. It's insanely accurate. Give it some research. Give it a like search for it. Check the pictures. It's it's beautiful. It's great. I'm 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 ecstatic right now. <laughs> that is inspiring, honestly. What do you think, Oran? Where can it be implemented besides creating a beautiful company that makes avocado chairs? Where would you think it's going to be useful? Like, how do you, as a business person, feel it can be implemented? Let let your fantasy flow. I mean, we don't actually know how it works exactly and at what stage it is right now. But just give it some some inspirational push and. Uh, where, where would you see it tomorrow? Like, I don't know. I would love to see that kind of things in autonomous vehicles. I think because the problem right now is that you're having a system that has to drive for, miles, for millions of kilometers, but in the end, your vehicle won't be able to drive by all the roads in the, in the world and the ones that will be created and things like that. So that system can think about what um, a pedestrian look like and say, okay, I'm in a dust uh, tempest, like, okay, I, I've never been there, but I know what it looks like. And I know that if I encounter one in this path, I will stop. So it's the thing that, she can, that the system can be put in uncertain conditions and actually react on a predisposed way. Like it will, it will do the right thing, but it will not really be trained in that sense. So it's kind of great. And also in healthcare, maybe, like right now with the COVID, it's always evolving in different ways. Imagine if we could put the, um, the COVID um, genome, I guess, or the COVID like composition in that AI, would it be capable of saying, okay, it could, um, COVID could be in 10 different ways and maybe that will happen. So, okay, let's prepare, let's test the vaccine. Let's see how they would react to that. I mean, it's crazy to think about all the applications that could be used on that from every industry. I mean, you're actually putting eyes in a system and telling it what to do after. So you can create robots, you can create anything. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's a great invention. And they aren't really 
willing to commercialize it right now. They are saying, yeah, it's not the business model. That's not our things right now. So they aren't sharing all the model right now. It's just a little part. You can do a lot of things with it. But the day they will do it, it will be very interesting. Like, can you be able to predict some random person doing a terrorist attack? Yeah. Just to bounce back on what you said about autonomous cars, I don't know if you remember, guys, but we had the knowledge by it a couple of months ago about Digital Twin. And if you couple the technology of Digital Twin, because Digital Twin, it takes it takes into account physics, but like it's the parameters that you enter to it. And it mimics whatever happens in real life. Like, um, to, to, like let's say you have a plane. Instead of doing crash tests with a plane, you do it with uh, with like on digital twin. Everything is digitalized and everything has the param- like real life parameters. If you couple this with this technology and you really give it like the whole knowledge of, of, of DALI, that can be insanely accurate. It would solve so many problems. And it can be adapted for cars, for planes, for, for trucks, for, for a lot of stuff. It can be crazy. Yeah. I wish I could come up with some innovative idea, but so far I'm just thinking about avocado chairs. They just really... It's <laughs> great, right? They got, got into my heart. It's pretty. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, if you just tell somebody about the whole DALI, like, you give it something and it generates an image, they would never imagine it would render it to this, this standard of quality. It's insane. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of a, developing. Yeah, go ahead. Please go ahead. An example of can you imagine um, a knight, like a little knight in figurines, uh, a toy, like toy size, but made of spaghetti? I mean, it was weird. And yeah. they actually did that. And it yeah. was perfect, like the perfect representation of what it could be. Exactly. Like, I think even us could not imagine it. And we no. know what spaghetti is, and we know the little toy and everything. There are two examples that really like to say with the absurd, absurd um, um, examples. There's one about a baby manatee, like the small, like the big animals, but a baby one walking a dog, but it's it's wearing a suit, and it gives it gave like when baby manatee in a suit walking a dog. You have this, and you have you have a turtle giraffe. Like, it knows what a turtle is. It knows what a giraffe is. And instead of having something ugly, it's actually a beautiful animal, honestly. It's like a turtle with a long neck, like a giraffe in the spots. Pretty cool. But it's it's crazy how accurate it is. Insane. Okay. Yeah, like, the crazy thing is that it makes something that has a lot of sense, like, much more sense than what we can imagine. And I don't know how they do that. Because you can say, okay, one tree and one, like, mug. Okay, I can do that, but... Combining both into one single object that has sense, I yeah. don't know how you can do that. Because what we know what they are individualistically, but like with because we know like a tree, we do that with like it's a tree. You know what it means. You know what it is. And then you have a mug. You know what you do with the mug. You drink coffee. But like because we we have this whole background of using the object. We don't just see it as object. We see it as something useful that can be used like this. So we don't see how it can be useful to us. So we cannot imagine it. But on the other hand, you have a machine that knows what those two things are, what are their physical limitations and how they can be combined. So it's, it comes from, I don't know, I don't know. Like it's even beating us at imagination. It's insane. So we're welling. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Well, uh, that's good news. I'm happy to hear. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's really great. Uh, yeah. 
have a carriage here. That's my new <laughs> dream design so far. But no, that, that has great implementations other than creating very uh, avant-garde-ish uh, furniture. Uh, I bet <laughs> one can even develop a game uh, with assets fully generated by something like DALI. Patent pending, by the way, if you want to do it, at least contact us <laughs> like, or feature our podcast <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> uh, but no, that's great. That's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear that those things happen. Thinking about it, like if you're a, a comic book designer or you want to write, like you don't have the artist, like you don't know how to, you know how to write, but you don't know how to draw the bubbles, like the, the whole thing, the strips. You would just tell it to generate you the images and then you just print them and you put your text. Like it's the, inf it's infinite, like in terms of users to, to human beings, it's infinite. And this in total um, line with the mission of OpenAI. So it's it's just great for us. Uh, we it's yeah. it's gonna make life so easy, I think, on a lot of people. That's amazing. Um, yeah, do do. Ah, it's overwhelming. Also, but if you have something else to add, don't hesitate. Otherwise, we can we can pass to our uh, conclusive part of this podcast, to the job of the month podcast, where we're gonna quickly overview a small job. I don't know if you're you're done with Dali because we uh, we can go talking hours and hours about this great technology that yeah. because All there's day. many examples, many uh, interesting ways we can think of uh, putting into use. But well. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, Google it up if you want. Also, all the illustrations, we can't uh, show you all of them right now, but they're worth seeing, I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, we can, we can so far pass to the job of the month section. It's, it's going to be a short one because uh, this month's job of the month is data consultant. Have you heard of this oh. job? What, what do you think of it when, you, when I say data consultant? Just close your eyes, imagine a data consultant and tell me what do you think he or she does on a daily basis? What is it? What, why is this person having money? Why, what do you think is uh, is the secret thing that they do behind their closed doors and their cabinets? Mm, I have a story maybe that can help. When Thank I was you. in finance, in asset management, we actually had a lot of data that we never used because no one know, knew how to use it. And, you know, there is only like old people in finance. <laughs> so it was very <laughs> difficult. And the project was to actually use the data to not be forced to redo the data. Like when you have a contract, you have to write it and actually all contracts look the same. So you could just use the precedent, like the previous data and send it. It would be perfect, but no one did that. So I think a data consultant could be the one seeing data as a real resource other than like a wasteful resource and turn it into insight and turn it into value for a company because the company is not trained or doesn't have the culture or doesn't have the skills to do it. I think that's, in my opinion, that would be that, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that certainly has something to do with the data consultants in general, their job. That's great. Yeah, what do you think, Moad? What do they do, those people? I, yeah, I think that it falls under the umbrella of you know digital transformation as, as a discipline in general. It helps. Uh, I think they, like digital transformation in general, you just go to a company and you help them implement something new. And I think a data consultant is somebody that does it, but from the perspective of data, you know, like, and it would be not only infrastructure not only the technology, it would be also like Oran said, like the people try to uh, see how people will, will accept the change and how they will integrate the change and accept the new uh, ways to do things, but on for, for data only. So I think it would be somebody who would help implement a new system for data collection, uh, for data, cleaning 
and how to take advantage of the data for like make it more more I don't know approachable to uh, to the old people from finance. <laughs> yeah, for instance, for example, that's a, that's a great way of of showing how it's done. Um, so yeah, in general, yeah, right now I'm going to be speaking about about data consultants, but from the point of a, of a Parisian student. Um, so I'm going to be concentrating on the on the um, on the um, positions of data consultant interns in Paris or Ile-de-France region, which is around Paris and Paris metro area. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you um, a very aggregate, a very summarized picture from what I've got of well from reviewing many 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 different options and offers of, of data consultant positions so a data consultant is a very 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 uh, vast field well being a data consultant consultant is uh, something um, undefined because a company can be even specialized in a sector for example I'm a data consultant in in uh, finance as for example Oran mentioned before because I not only have to have skills in data but also in finance because people don't necessarily have them and just knowing the numbers algorithms is not enough to understand how you can apply them to a very specific finance centered question or problem so yeah this is the first point data consultants are usually uh, specialized on something if not the whole company specialized that then inside of the company they have different people specialized for let's say e-commerce or uh, factories like real life industrial factories or finance or something else so yeah it is a specialized job so there's not one unique profile of a data consultant that would fit all the gloves you have to have some knowledge in some field at some point at least you have to be striving to develop a niche in yourself because Data science and data consultancy is a complicated field. You can't be good at all of it all at the same time, or unless you are maybe uh, an alumni of MSc Big Data <laughs> Business Analytics and ESCP, like us. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> otherwise you would have to choose a field to specialize in. But as an intern, you're not really required to know very well the field. Everybody understands that we're young and, uh, well, we're young graduates and... Uh, and um, yeah, but still having some uh, some interest in one field is of course a bonus, and that's why we don't have a set a set a set list of requirements like from the technical point of view. Some jobs demand very very uh, precise technical knowledge. For example, the data consultants who uh, offer their services to companies to industrial companies who I don't know produce some some complicated product and they have to have their machines improved using data science well for that of course you're going to have to not only be able to uh, perfectly master the tools but also know physics and um, the mechanics of all of that so there are jobs that demand lots of um, technical skills there are some jobs who don't even uh, need those technical skills that much there are some data consultants who do well with excel some rudimentary knowledge of scalar or r and um, they're good with that because they have special people who are dedicated for data science and data consultants there they only need to see the problem and apprehend it from the business point of view so as you can see it is very 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 um, not defined and set in stone so yeah data consultant can be can be can be very different depending from one case to another uh, do you think it's a it's an important job like per se or do we just need it right now where the world and business is in a in a transitional state between not using the data and using the data maybe it's a, it's a job that's going to be rudimentary in like 10 years time or even shorter what do you think 
I think um, it's oh, 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 go ahead, Mod. I got you. No, please go. On, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, uh, on, please. Um, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, I think you no, know, it's a very important job uh, to be a data consultant, and I was at the um, recruiting week uh, last week at ESCP, and there were a lot of uh, consulting company, and we asked questions about data consultant and things like that. For example, for Capgemini Invent that is specialized in AI, data, digital transformation. And they were actually saying, um, I asked which industry they work uh, with the most. And they said, oh, you know, everyone, like automobile, um, healthcare, industries, finance, everyone. So they aren't very specialized, but the key skills, I guess, you have to have if you want to be a data consultant is to be willing to learn and to be willing to get dirty in the, in the, in the sector. Like if you have a mission of six months in... Um, I don't know, in healthcare, you have to understand how, what's the project, how it's working, and really go deep in the understanding because you can't work only with the data. You can't just say, okay, I have 10 variables, let's do a regression. It's it's not, it has no value. You have to really understand the thing. So, of course, you can be an expert at an entry-level job, but be willing to learn so much about so many different subjects and maybe it will be for one-time mission maybe it will be for two-year mission maybe you will never use it again but you have to be willing to have that um, willingness to learn i guess yeah i bet it's it's a great skill to have especially now when it's all in the early stages relatively but yeah yeah yeah, especially because people aren't really trained to do that. Like we are 25 years old and the companies are mostly filled by people like that are 40 plus and they aren't trained with that. They didn't grow up with that. So you have to be willing to explain something very complicated in a very easy way and to bring everyone on your mission because they won't see it as valuable. They will say, oh, I did that for 20 years. You know, nothing. I don't care about going like faster or they don't care. So you have to be really, really, really motivated because the yeah. people in front of you won't maybe see what you're doing as valuable. Ah, so it's that's, uh, that's the price you pay for being in an, uh, in an uh, innovative industry and uh, bringing yeah, innovation yeah. is never You easy, have to convince everyone of logical things. It's crazy. So yeah. be prepared. <laughs> well, bringing the light was never easy what do you think well let's let's finish on the on the more positive note what do you think of a, of a salary of a data consultant uh, intern in paris in 2021 what are your wildest dreams and estimates concerning well, this this you number? just said positive positive note so i think it's yeah, gonna yeah, be maybe positive. i foreshadowed a little bit yes so what do you think still positive can be can have for an intern Yes, for an intern, a monthly salary, I guess not taking into account uh, all the taxes, but interns don't really pay much anyways. But still, as an intern, a month, what the, was the price tag you would see for a data consultant position? Oh, I would say as an, I would say at least 2000 a month, at least, as an intern, because I, you said it's good. I know it's around 1200 depending on the profile. But, um, I like your thinking, what? <laughs> I want you to be the next CEO of, of I don't know, <laughs> some data consultants company. But I like your thinking. Interns get paid paid more than uh, than uh, people uh, working full time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be great. <laughs> no. What do you think, Oran? Is this is this optimism of, of Moad shared by your by you or? 
Yeah, I think that's very optimistic because mm-hmm. the like the wage in France for an internship is like at the minimum five hundred uh, per year uh, per yeah, month. Sure. Sorry, mm-hmm. and I know that when you're like back to five, like when you're at the master degree level, you can expect like one thousand and things like that. But it's already a lot, <laughs> yeah. and I guess in data consulting, maybe you can ask for one thousand and five hundred or in this range, I guess, but 2K, I think oh, it's a 2K lot. Is, it's a lot. It is a lot. Okay. Let's, let's, tr- let's try and play around with the, with, the, with the wages here. Try to influence them to change them. 2,000. Yeah. 2,000 is too low, okay? Okay, recruiters? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, not, we're, not, but we're not taking us out of our home for 2,000, please. Nah. Yeah. It's not even the not price either. of my morning coffee or anything. <laughs> no, but uh, but being in all seriousness, I like your your ways of thinking. Uh, I I like both of your ways of thinking because the one of Maud is very optimistic, and I want to strive to that. But the one of Oran is more realistic, honestly. And you are you are, I think the the closest person in the history of this podcast to get the, the the range of salaries. I mean, you're pretty spot on. Of course, it depends all on your profile, the company, everything. But it starts somewhere at around thousand, even I would say twelve hundred. So it already starts high, I would say, for, yes, yeah, as Oran said, uh, the minimum salary is around 500-something, between 500 and 600. Uh, but, yeah, it's way higher than that. And, uh, yeah, it goes up to 2,000. I've seen cases like this. It's mostly either big companies or, like, very, very uh, innovative companies. But, yes, it's not something out of ordinary or, like, impossible for, uh, to have a 2K salary. Yet, still, you're going to have to work for it very hard. But still, no, it's uh, the news are great for those who want to specialize in this industry because the salary range is pretty good, even for an intern. Of course, uh, the requirements are good, too. As Oran said, back plus five people are paid more and are demanded more in this field. So it's difficult to get a job if you're not having a master's right now or, well, it's not impossible, but it's, it certainly gives you a certain push in this. But yeah, the, salaries, the salary range is pretty optimistic and I, I dare say that even after your internship when you're on a full contract, you still get paid well. But it also depends demands uh, work, of course. Uh, it's a very intense industry where you have to be on spot, keeping an eye on all the changes in the industry, keeping an eye on the co- on the competition, and being the best of yourself every day. So yeah, it's um, it's a it's an industry that embodies the work hard, play hard uh, philosophy that I don't like hearing from other people because it sounds <laughs> weird. But well, uh, but yeah, that's that. That's the. Um, that's the that's the job of the month and uh, if you're interested go ahead and make uh, and do your own research i bet it changes every single day and every single year of course so yeah but so far is that i don't know if you're interested if you think that this is a good career choice or not or for is it suitable for you like if you would imagine yourself in this position or no i don't know all right um. I don't, honestly, um, I I know it's weird from coming from somebody that studies big data, but I don't want to be labeled the data guy uh, in my company. If you know what I mean, <laughs> I don't want to fall in that yeah. in that trap. Sorry, what the data guy? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's possible, you know the guy. Well, oh, the data guy. No, yeah, like, data, like the one who has a t-shirt with data here. <laughs> data, no, like this. Big data guy. I know, I know him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for, for for real, like I I. 
it's it's uh it's a trap i don't want to fall into uh, i don't want to have my life uh i'm not saying that it's only about computers and stuff like that no but um i don't want to have the label data on, on on me i i i joined this program because i was thinking about um you know leveraging marketing strategy using data instead of just being a data consultant and working with data for people um i want to create i want to be the one creating value with data and i think that from the moment you have a background let's say in business or 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 finance for you or uh and you get this this new dimension which is data oriented it's a big plus that it, that you're going to use to leverage you know and there's something that people should start doing you should be um aware of of how data works and how to leverage it and how to take advantage of it no matter where you come from and that's that's exactly my mindset my perspective for regarding my i understand what you want to say don't worry we're going to remember you as mod the great guy from big data clubs but no you're saying a very very interesting thought yeah concentrating yourself too much is maybe forgetting uh, the rest is, is never a good thing, I suppose. Exactly. What about exactly. you? Are, there, yes, yes. I'm sorry. sorry. I, I, sorry. I was saying there, there are some people that, that are considering strictly that because they are in love with data, with numbers. I know we know some, we have some in our cohort, but it's definitely not subjectively, if I had to answer, I would say uh, not not really. That would that would be a smart move given my, my background in business, honestly. Okay. As far as I saw, Johan, you were not as enthusiastic either in this in this proposition. However, one last point. I would... <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, I would sorry. One last point, I wouldn't say no to the 2K a month as an intern, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, we noted that. Yes, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. Is it the minimum 2K, like, oh, I might come in half, like, part-time. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours a day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> no, for my part, I'm just like, well, like, everything you said, I share the same feeling. I don't want to be, like, the data person. Uh, I saw that in finance. You know, they were like the data guy. We called them like the count guy and like the quantitative guys. We never talked to them. They didn't even do like investment. <laughs> it sounds like, like they're, they're close somewhere in a dark room all the day, you know? <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, the quant yeah, guys. We've never talked to them. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like, I would have thought that, you know, they would do some investment strategy, like very like finance things, but they said, oh, no, you know, no one understands what we are doing. So we are just in our office and we're doing our own projects, like not related to the firm at all, but, you know. And I was like, wow, like your boss must be super cool. And they were like, oh, no, he's just really um, not skilled enough. We are better than him. So he doesn't understand what we are saying. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow, that's why we like a box in the company. <laughs> it's like, what, what is this department? I don't know. We're giving them money. They're just there all day in the room. I don't know. It was but exactly... they're doing something cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they were doing wow. nothing. Like, wow. Like, we're actually paying you, and the salary and finance are very high, especially for quantitative people. And they were working on their own project. So I understood that one, there is not enough uh, people trained in that. Uh, two, they aren't really used at their potential, like we're losing so much potential on that. So I don't want to be that person like doing work that no one cares about. And it's sad because it's a very interesting job, but I think companies are not um, trained enough to be like really successful in data and to do like really interesting things. I mean, we all want to do algorithms. We all want to do like neural network and really dig deep in the algorithm and no for now they're just like at understanding what data they have to clean it and it's not the funny part 
So oh, yeah. I think I'll go like in a tech company where you don't have to explain the logic of data, where you don't have to say, oh, we really should do that. And people will say, yes, never mind. They will actually say, okay, let's go. Let's do that and work on the project in itself because you want to improve one part or another and not just clean data all day. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. like it's one of the best fields, but we aren't at the stage to yeah. make it very interesting for young people. Well, Maybe I, think, yeah, it, I think it comes from the fact that, yeah, there's not enough people, especially in the higher positions that are aware of data. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just paying a, a department that they hope is going to do something for them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Just, yeah, just a huge money sinkhole uh, so far, but it has to be managed a little better. Well, let's hope that in the nearest future, it's going to be it's going to be improving. At a rapid yeah, what pace. about you? Yeah, what do you well, think? I'm, I'm, I have a mitigated response on that. I, I'm not saying no, because I'm, if you're in a company of data consultancy, you're not the data guy because everybody's the data guy there. So you're just a guy. So, I mean, it, it depends. For me, it's a great also opportunity to discover many different uh, industries at the same time. You're not only uh, bringing data to the industry, but you're also understanding what industry is about and maybe who knows in some year you're going to quit your job to like specialize in that industry and I don't know, grow your new um, startup that's going to solve some real problem that you've seen during your, your experience. But then, but then, yeah, uh, it's all, it's all, it all depends on the company and on the, on the people who you work with and on the approach you have with your team on how you approach problems difficult for me to say because i've never worked in one but i'm open to it <laughs> yeah definitely it's a it's a possible way of of evolution after um, evolution after this master so you should apply a- to capgemini events they were really like yeah. looking for escp students and they are working in very interesting data fields and various yeah, industries indeed. indeed you should apply Any yeah they have um Hmm. Sorry, they have a matricial approach, like a matrix, where you have like a lot of functions, and you get to see uh, all of them. You have departments, etc. But you always um, intervene from a data perspective because the objective of Capgemini Invent is to um, uh, accompany people in entering the industry 4.0 world. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's the human aspect, there's the the infrastructure, the tech aspect. So it can be very interesting if if you if you're hmm. ambition to go that way. Everybody what do cool. you think, our dear listener or viewer? Would you like to to uh, to come into this position? Why not? Why, Why yes? Not? Why yes. <laughs> we're we're open to any 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 kind of feedback from you. But yeah, it is a question open to discussion, and certainly it's a, it's not an easy question to answer. But I'm glad to know that the industry is developing in general. It's good for everyone, not only us and data people, but everyone, I suppose. So yeah, and uh, that is it for today. We're almost at a one hour uh, running time, recording time. And um, I would like to thank, before we finish, I would like to thank uh, my dear guests, again, Laurent Dibeux and Moad uh, Benerich. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher your names or anything. Yeah, uh, I'm used to it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm you know I love you. Anyways, you got it. My name is Alexander Nino, and we are, we are the members of Big Data Club, and we're representing you the Big Data Month episode for January this time. Stay in tune for more episodes and uh, tell us what you think. Don't forget to subscribe, and um, don't th- that way you don't miss a single episode that comes out. Thank you again, guys, for being here. Thank you for listening, and I wish you a great upcoming month. Thank you for for having us. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye.